Hey, listeners, welcome back to the podcast. This week, we got to talk to Heather Callahan, the tech integration specialist and NIDA president. Um, she's a really good friend of mine and actually has been a really important mentor in my life. Um, but yeah, she had a lot to say about technology, about leadership, about family, about work balance. Um, she fits right in with what we've been talking about for the past month. Yeah, it was a really great interview. Um, Heather is someone, when I joined Strive, that I looked up to a lot. Um, she kind of was like Heather Callahan, like everybody is kind of, you know, trying to get behind what she is doing at Grand Island Northwest and spotlighting students um, and their class intercom club and just kind of seems to be all over the board. And her interview will definitely um, show that she really is and has a lot of experience. I'm sure a lot of our listeners heard the word teacher and thought that this wouldn't apply to them, but that's definitely not the case. She learns or she knows so much about technology and about social media and about the content generation. And she offers a lot of advice on how people like us and anybody really can really start creating their own content. Yeah, she's just a, a good human. Um, she talks <laughs> a lot about transparency uh, with communication and understanding the why. I know we say that a lot, but really um, she's interested in what her students are consuming and why they're consuming it and having communication, um, just be have that door wide open with them um, to help understand. And that is why she is ahead of the curve is because she has that vulnerability and the courage to uh, dive in and um, be a hundred percent transparent. Yeah. And I think a lot of people in her position too could like take the stance of like, Oh, I know all this stuff about technology. Let me just withhold it so that I can make myself look good. But that's not her philosophy at all. In fact, I'd say she's the exact opposite. The whole time on the show, she talks about how she learns all of this stuff so that she can share it with others, which just proves that she goes above and beyond as a teacher and as a mentor um, and as a leader in her community. Um, but yeah, there's a lot that you can learn about how to make social media actually be social in this podcast. She talks a lot about how sharing content is for connection and not necessarily for consumption. Yeah, you're so right. And, you know, something that we work on every single day uh, is okay. how to connect with the students. Yeah. And creating content. I mean, we create and revise, create and revise and look for new stories. So we're not, you know, sharing the same one. Um, and so it was inspirational for us as, you know, young content creators and, you know, working for Strive um, and how media is just always changing. Mm -hmm. uh, so for young professionals and, and college students out there that are maybe pursuing something in media um, or education or anything with, with students and young people in general. So, so keep your eyes out because Sarah and I are working on a blog about how we created this podcast. If any of yes. you guys are interested, um, you're going to be surprised. You're interested. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be surprised at how easy it actually was. And then also some of the things that we found that were really difficult. Um, yeah. If we release the raw file of how we record this, you guys would die laughing because there's so many times that we just like hate what we say and quite literally say, I hate what I'm saying right now and then cut it out and stop talking. So that's something that we're working on right now. And then Sarah, what do you have coming down the pipe? Gosh, a lot of different things. Um, Strive U Academy is going well. Our students are finishing up their, their second project um, and they were learning about the story brand process. So pretty much the basics on how to tell a story, uh, the things you learn in English class, character development, external problems, X, Y, and Z. Um, so diving into that stuff and then 
um, our Stripe scholarship is out right now, yeah, which is right. really cool. Um, a great opportunity for students. So really advertising some of that. And, you know, we are, we're talking about Nita, Alyssa. Um, yeah, that's coming. Preparing fast. a speech. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sarah and I presenting are presenting at Nita this year for the first time. And so we're trying to come up with ideas, um, topics that you guys might be interested in. So if anything comes to mind, yeah, uh, our teachers will be wanting to hear about, please send us your submissions because we'd love to get some feedback and get some inspiration because like I said, originally we thought we had a plan, but now that we've really been thinking it through and wanting to execute on it, we've been like, you know, maybe we could take a different route. So, right. And you know, and that's a good thing. I think we're in a good place and to really share like what we do and what we are um, sharing with teachers and students and putting that into words and into a presentation, you know, so, um, Everybody you will never, yeah, you will never hear me and Sarah say that we got something right on the first try ever. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I hope that other people say that too. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, um, you know, it's, it's, if you share it or not, you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. are, you know, they don't share that stuff and yeah. it's, it's really cool to read on Instagram and things like the, when you see the long text, I'm like, Ooh, I bet this is going to be something about, you know, how it was hard and like how like this was the process. And, um, I absolutely love that people do that. Um, and it's hard. Yeah. yeah. It's the level of vulnerability. So, yeah. which brings us right back to Heather Callahan. She yes, it does. transparent when she shares, she tells you the good, the bad and the ugly of why it works and why it doesn't. So I think we'll just jump right into her interview. Let's do it. Welcome to the Creator's Life Podcast, where we sit down with young professionals, dreamers, and doers to learn more about how they do what they do. We are your hosts, Sarah and Alyssa, and we can't wait to share their stories. Hey guys, welcome back to what I believe is week five of our Creator's Life podcast. This week we are interviewing Heather Callahan from Grand Island Northwest Public Schools. Um, She is their tech integration specialist, but on the side, she is much more than just a teacher at a high school. Um, She served on the NIDA board for how many years, Heather? I think this is... I think this is seven, seven, yeah. maybe eight. Yeah. Oh so gosh. she's, she's been involved with that for a really long time. And then, um, she has a huge passion for digital citizenship, which is something we talk about at Strive all the time. Um, and just really has kind of like what Sarah and I like to call just a variety of things that she's really good at. So she, she's just very well-rounded and we are really excited to have her on the podcast. So welcome Heather. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. It should be a disclaimer that Heather was my teacher when I was in middle school. Um, so we've, I've known Heather for a really long time. I've nannied her kids. Um, but yeah, we're just really excited to have her and think she has a lot she can share with us today. There's nothing that says success and teacher proud, like following your students through their educational journey and success. I'll probably reference that in some of the questions, but it's super yeah. exciting to have a former student <laughs> ask you to be on their successful podcast. So thanks. (laughs) Thank you. So just like always, we're going to start off with our interview questions. So our first one always is tell us a little bit about yourself, um, how you got started with your career, kind of some of the twists and turns it's taken. um, But we'll just start there. Okay. Um, I started my career. I'm actually from Grand Island and after high school, I went on to Nebraska Wesleyan, Sarah, Ooh, great um, school. majored in elementary education. And actually, uh, I took my first 
job in Bellevue, Nebraska. My uh, bachelor's is elementary ed. So I taught first grade in Bellevue for six years. And during that time, I worked on a master's degree in instructional technology. Um, I really wasn't sure if I wanted to use it or not. But at about that six-year point, an opportunity came up in Grand Island uh, for a middle school technology teacher. So I had one of those situations where you're in a win-win situation. If I got the opportunity, I was going to win. And if not, I was super happy in Bellevue, um, surrounded by amazing people and an amazing district. So um, long story short, that ended up being a success. And I moved back to Grand Island to teach middle school technology in 2004. So that was after six years in Bellevue, um, kind of took it as a, another learning opportunity and a way to use my master's. So um, like Alyssa said, I was her teacher. So that was during the time when I taught middle school tech. Around that time, um, districts started implementing one-to-one -one iPads, uh, laptops, things like that. And so I feel like my passion for technology and content and stuff just kind of grew from there. And um, after our district had a one-to-one -one implementation of iPads, one of the things they had decided moving forward after um, a couple years in was to hire an integration specialist. And so um, I obviously applied for that and that's where I'm at. So I think this is year six, year six of tech integration, year 21 of teaching. Um, the, the great thing about technology integration, I guess with teaching in general is every day is different, every year is different and everything evolves. And so when you talk about like a jack of all trades or doing different things, I think that's just part of the role of tech integration. You just have to be up on things and be flexible and supportive. And I think that's what I like best about it. So here I am, year 21, tech integration, back in Grand Island where I'm from. Very cool. Um, when you started out in Bellevue, I just have to know, like when you were getting your master's in technology, were they teaching you about like projection? Like it has to have changed so much and almost too fast probably. Like what were they preparing you for in Bellevue compared to what you actually have to do now? Um, I would have to say that there's probably slim to nothing <laughs> in, that I learned besides like the whole fact of like, um, determination. You know, they, they talk to you about resources and finding things and just, you know, reaching out to people if you don't know the answer. But I, I remember the one class that I took in my master's program had me taking a part of co a computer and putting it back together. <laughs> and I was so overwhelmed with that. That is totally not me. I'm not networking, you know, techie like that. Mm -hmm. I like the integration piece and working in classrooms and that kind of stuff. So I remember that being the most challenging thing and something that I thought, oh gosh, I hope I don't have to do this. But I was able to collaborate with other people and be successful because of the people I was surrounded by. So I think that's part of what I took away from that class and many other classes is it's not about what you know, it's how you surround yourself with people that can support you and help you get that knowledge that you need to be successful. Yeah. Wow. What really sticks out is the people around you that uh, build you up and um, bring things out that you didn't even know. Um, I'm curious to know, so you studied elementary education at Wesleyan um, with the track of being an elementary teacher, I assume. Uh, mm -hmm. Was there something about technology that stuck out to you in undergrad or while you're at Bellevue that wanted you to get your master's um, and pursue the role that you have now? Actually, when I was in Bellevue, um, interesting enough, our schedule as a first grade teacher 
all teachers K-5 were scheduled in the computer lab. Mm. And the interesting piece about it, what I remember about that is you were assigned a time and you, you were required to go spend 30 minutes three times a week in the computer lab. And I felt like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with these kids that will stick? You know, there's so much to be said about repetition, 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 and 30 minutes three times a week. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily something that'll help them stick. You know, I relate that back to when I took the walk jog class at Wesleyan for the one credit <laughs> and you took it two days a week. And the last thing they always said to you on Thursday was don't do nothing until Tuesday or this class isn't going to benefit you. Yeah. So I, I relate that a lot back to what I do professionally, but I think going back to that three times a week and being in the computer lab, I think that's what drove me to learn more is mm-hmm. because I wanted to make that experience for my first graders. Um, memorable. I wanted to, I wanted it to benefit them. I wanted them to be well, well well-rounded and not just kind of a sit and get and, and uh, drill and kill kind of opportunity. So, yep. I think that's what kind of sparked it is I need more background knowledge to be able to make this three times a week, 30 minutes a day um, impactful. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of the dream. Uh, And they're lucky to have someone like you because that's almost exactly what you're doing at Grand Island Northwest is providing opportunities um, and learning more about technology. So can you talk a little bit about what the everyday looks like for you as the technology integrationist at Grand Island Northwest? Oh gosh. Um, Like I mentioned before, every day is different. Um, I, you know, usually start my day fielding emails, seeing what teachers need. I have a, I like to call it flexibly flexible schedule where I try to get out to every building at least part of the day, every day of the week and, and support teachers. I feel like um, with technology, that that's a huge benefit because I can reach out to people through Zoom. I can reach out to people through email, um, text, things like that. Um, my, I guess that right now, my favorite part is the opportunities I get to work with students. I love working with teachers and supporting them, but the true reward comes from seeing the success of students. And so, you know, just the the implementation of our class intercom and our strive and being able to support those kids has been awesome. Um, I love working with teachers and on projects and, and helping them feel successful because that's all part of the learning journey is just all the support you can provide. And it still goes back to those people you surround yourself with. I learn a lot from the people I support. I learn a lot from the people that support me and um, just the whole idea of every day is different, I think is what I like best. And I don't know if I can nail down a schedule cause I don't really have a, it's a schedule, but it's flexibly flexible, you know, and it's, you never know when something's going to come up and somebody's going to say, Hey, we're having this problem. Can you help? Or, I can't think of a good example right now, but maybe in the conversation, <laughs> something will come up. Yeah, cool. Something that I think is really similar about the three of us is that all of us coincidentally started out in education, and Sarah and I mm-hmm. didn't necessarily follow through with that in our undergrad, as we've talked about, but Heather did, but she still isn't like a traditional classroom teacher, but still gets to be involved with students, and I think that's really important that our listeners get to hear that is there's a lot of ways that you can be involved with schools and kids and teachers, and you don't have to be a classroom teacher. Um, I started out as secondary education with an English emphasis, I guess you would say, and now I get to use my English emphasis and help kids write. 
Sarah has an art emphasis and does a lot of the graphic design for Strive and just gets to have a lot of creative reign over what happens in Academy. And just like Heather said, she started out as a first grade teacher wanting to help first graders with technology. And now she gets to help every single age group depending on what they need. And I think that's really awesome. So going back to kind of the goal of this podcast is talking about how our guests don't really take the traditional path. And just like we said, Heather was a teacher, but now she's involved in a much broader aspect. So what have been some kind of hard things that you face not being, not having a structured schedule or not having necessarily a structured role, even when it comes to how fast technology can change? I think the biggest thing is staying up to date on things and trying to provide as many opportunities for teachers and students as I can. I sometimes feel like I set the bar really high for myself. And then sometimes I'll go home and think, okay, who did I impact today? And did I make an impact? And I think sometimes that self-doubt discourages me. But I know for a fact that each day there's something that happens behind the scenes that I may not know. Um, sometimes I feel like I share something and I might have shared some tip with teachers maybe a week or two weeks ago. And it doesn't apply to them at that time. But I'll get an email a couple weeks later, a month later, that's like, hey, Heather, remember when you shared this? I just want you to know I'm using it with my kids and, you know, it's successful. And um, going back to what you said, as far as my uh, teaching background, I think having that experience as, experience as a classroom teacher in middle, elementary and middle school has really been beneficial working with classroom teachers and being able to understand their schedule. You know, I was just having a conversation with somebody earlier and he made the comment, he said, you're so willing to help after hours. You understand the fact that teachers don't always work on things eight to four. And if we have a question at night and we text you, you're always willing to help and answer, get back to us when you can. And so those are the things when you talk about challenges, just trying to be the most, the most supportive, knowing that when a teacher has a question or wants some support on something, if I can't help in a timely manner, I might lose that opportunity because maybe that lesson or that activity um, isn't applicable in two days or three days or whatever. So, Okay, so you touched on it a little bit about the fact that you do get to work with the majority of the district, but other than getting to surround yourself with people who you know care about you and you care about them, what's been really rewarding about getting to be involved with, um, with tech integration? And then on top of that, if you wanted to touch a little bit about what it was like to serve as NIDA president and how that kind of really played a role in your career and in some of the things that you've done. We'd love to hear that. Um, so I have been attending NIDA way back. It was one of those things when I was working on my master's degree, they were like, Hey, did you know about this conference? And it was way back when it was at the holiday Inn, and maybe some of the listeners will remember that <laughs> or it dates me either one. Um, and so going to that, I remember seeing people on stage and presenting and, doing the slides and giving out awards and doing all this stuff. And I thought, Oh, I can never do that. And then I started going to the conference and um, continued to go even when I moved back to, to Grand Island. And I remember Craig Badura, you talk about impactful people. Craig Badura has been someone that I've looked up to and learned from along this road so much, especially since I've moved back to GI. And one of the, I remember he shot me a text one day and he's like, all right, Callahan, put your name in for Nita board. And I thought, Oh my gosh, what, what, what would I do with that? Or how would that work? And actually the rest is history. I got on the Nita board. It's been rewarding. You talk about making connections and surrounding yourself with supportive people. And it's not just the people on the board. It's the people you meet at the conference, the people that come to your sessions and email you. Um, 
throughout that, it was like one of those other nudges. Somebody said, okay, now you've been on the board for, I remember the number of years. Why don't you put your name in for president-elect? And I guess the biggest hesitation I had when I did that was a time commitment. I thought, how, how do I have enough time? Can I make enough time? And it just goes back to you have enough time to do what you're passionate about. You'll make the time if you're passionate about it. You'll make the time if it's important to you. And I agree with that 100%. And it, it's been an amazing experience. I almost think, wow, it's what am I going to do after, you know, after my role as president-elect, past, past president is over. But I've made, built so many relationships and learned so much that I just feel like it's my responsibility to give back as much as I can. So I, I, my plan is to continue to give back to NIDA and other organizations around the state because they continue to give and support me. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's cool. Um, Heather, you do a lot. <laughs> and we think that's really cool. Um, and one of the major reasons why we wanted you on this podcast. Um, but one of the things that we haven't asked you about yet, which is the most important role is that you're a mom. And, <laughs> and, you know, yes. that it's, you know, it's probably I we don't know, but I would assume it's been hard to balance um, life and being a mom and being involved with all these things and watching your career change. Um, so can you talk to us a little bit about maybe some struggles of balancing that and some of the great rewards of um, having a, a home life and also living um, the life that you have and being involved with all the clubs? You know, I think, again, you make time for things that you're passionate about. I think one of the things, sometimes the hardest part is like being away when you have to stay overnight and go somewhere. But some of the rewards come from the conversations that I have at home. Just last night, um, Traylan, my oldest, was saying something about, okay, mom, if I was going to present about social media, <laughs> what does that look like? And she grabbed a pin and put it in front of her face like it was a microphone. And she's like, hi, I'm Traylan Callahan. I'm going to talk to you. So the whole idea of that is that even though she's not there, she's hearing the conversations, she's seeing the things that... I do, and they talk about in parenting, you, you model for your kids, they see what you're doing. And so I feel like as, as busy as it is and as fun as it is, I feel like it's also, I'm, I'm instilling those, oh, those skills and that drive to my girls because they're seeing me reach out to people, they're seeing me share success, they're seeing me learn things, they're seeing me struggle. And I, I think that's important. An important part of being a mom is for them to, to see those things and and be real with it. And then you get the rewards. Like they're trying to pretend like they're speaking in front of people. <laughs> and I think that's awesome. That was a, that was a very rewarding moment for me. Is just, she really does get what I do and she knows what it's about. So. I think you have a really unique position too, because I see a lot of parents right now that are anti-technology and mm -hmm. it's just because they are scared of it or they don't understand it. And I definitely agree that there are probably supposed to be boundaries, but I follow you on social media. And so I see you teaching your daughters how to code. Like they're not watching YouTube all day. They're using technology to learn something and not just consume, but to create. So if you could tell other parents or other listeners, like what are some easy ways that you can use technology to like kind of like Taylor says this all the time, we don't always need to be consuming media. We can also create media and that's just as beneficial. I think just getting in there with your kids, like I will sit down I, and I'm not going to lie. Both my kids love YouTube and they watch mm -hmm. YouTube, but I try to sit down and watch and ask questions like what, what are you watching and why are you watching? And then we try to do things like if they are using the technology or are doing something, let's record, let's create a video 
create a video of your dance routine or create a video of putting together a puzzle. And, and we just kind of talk about those things and we're just very transparent. Like you said, the coding, you know, it's like, Hey, I just, one of the things I'll have a conversation with, Hey, I worked with fourth graders today and we did coding. Oh, Trey Lynn's like, tell me about it. What did you do? And it's just those conversations. So I guess my advice would be to just ask people around you, have the conversations with your kids and watch, watch what they're watching. Just join in. You don't have to watch a 30 minute episode of net on Netflix with them, but just be aware of what they're doing. And they always have an interesting answer to why that is and deciphering, you know, if what the good and what the bad and what the ugly is. And it's all about the, I think it's just all about the conversations and the transparency. Yes. Uh, communication is key. I think that is one of the first things we learn in college as communication studies, no Alyssa. Um, <laughs> and I think that's more apparent today than it is, um, than it was back then. So that's really cool. And I tell you what, this podcast is going to have people wanting to be teachers or need a presidents and um, <laughs> involved with technology because it just kind of, it circles around to home life and exactly what you just shared. And um, that can be kind of hard in some places for people. So that that inspires me uh, for the future or when I'm even babysitting um, mm-hmm. is the conversations that you're having about what they're watching and just sharing what you do. I mean, that's that's really cool, Heather. And the fact, too, that like whenever John Schrader talks to us, he always says, why don't you talk about the why? And you mm-hmm. said exactly that, Heather. You were like, you asked them why they're watching it and what makes it engaging. And why there's a point to spending time on something like that. And that also too helps to teach not just your kids, but anybody that you're interacting with social media on about if there's not really a good answer to why you're consuming it, then literally like, what's the point, right? Like mm-hmm. why, right. why waste time on content that's not valuable? Absolutely. And you know what, what's valuable to some, is it valuable to others? And I think that's why the whys are so important because so many times parents don't get it. They don't understand or, or those of us in education, why are they spending so much time on Fortnite? Or why are they spending so much time? Well, ask why they're spending so much time, what's happening and what's going on. And I think that gives you a lot of the answers before you become quick to judge or um, speculate those answers. Mm. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break here and then we'll come back with our annual rapid fire questions. Okay, welcome back. We are ready for our rapid fire questions. Uh, to start off, uh, the first question is, what book is in your hand? All right, so I am always looking for book suggestions. I can't say that I finish books quickly, but I love to read them as much as I can. And so right now, I haven't started it, but Stacey Beamer, <laughs> at, Stacey Beamer at Grantwood AEA shared the, the title Bold School with me. Um, because she had Weston Kitchenick. I don't even know if that's exactly how you say his name. But anyway, um, he was out speaking to them. And she said it's just, um, he was an amazing speaker and highly recommended his book. So that's on my docket next. I think it it kind of trumped everything else on my list. So mm-hmm. I'm excited mm-hmm. to read that. It's, it's about blended learning. And that's something that our district has, you know, dove into um, and we're building on. So that'll help me continue to support teachers. Cool. Great. Uh, what voice is in your ear? Okay. So as far as podcasts, obviously the creator's life is in my ear. <laughs> nothing, better than hearing, nothing better than hearing yourself on the air, right? Um, but I really enjoy like the EdTech Takeout podcast, which is from, again, Grantwood AEA and the Class Intercom podcast too. Um, mm, yeah. I listen to that a lot. So 
Cool. All right. Grant, what was the first one you said? Um, EdTech Takeout. EdTech Takeout. from the team at Grantwood AEA in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Oh, wonderful. I'll have to take a look at that. Um, okay, number three, what's on your mind? But what's on my mind um, right now, I would say that I'm ready for the snow Amen. to be done and the weather to warm up. Um, mainly, uh, but in general, I guess I'm always, I, I feel like on my mind all the time is what can I do to promote creation? I, one of those voices in your head, this isn't really a podcast. Um, but Taylor Siebert always says, uh, talks about creating over consuming. And so I feel like those words just play in my head. Like every time I get on and consume, I'm like, Oh, you got to create Callahan. You got to create. And I, I'm doing better, but I think that's something that I think about you know, and try to keep in the back of my mind is create over consume and mm -hmm. changing that mindset so that I can model it for others. Yeah. Right. And I can really attest to that. Um, we have Nate, who is one of Heather's students in our Strive U Academy. And uh, we were just talking one night, it was maybe like six o'clock and I got a text from Heather and it was a link to this blog post that she just wrote about Nate being a part of the Academy, uh, kind of promoting him and spotlighting him on social media. And I literally thought, oh my gosh, it is 6.30, 7 o'clock, and she is creating content, and she's spotlighting her students. That is inspiring. That is cool. Um, so what you just said there is 100% true, and I've had those moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to create more, and uh, it was just really cool to see you doing that. So, If you want a fun little tip, Taylor just challenged us this week. He said every time you like something on social media, whether it's a favorite on Twitter, a like on Instagram, or a like on Facebook. You have to comment. And I've just, oh. been, I've been thinking about that and I, I just, I'm really bad at it, <laughs> but it just is true. Like if you want to be creating content while also consuming it, an easy way is to actually use social media, what it's, as it's designed, which would be to actually interact and connect with people. So to Heather, to our listeners, there's your weekly challenge. If you like anything on social media, you have to comment. And let well, us know I'm gonna how have it to, goes. <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to create something when we're done with this podcast so I can ask <laughs> both of you to comment on it, right? <laughs> the stakes are high. <laughs> I know. I haven't been doing a very good job either, Alyssa. Twitter, I think, is easier than Instagram, but oh, it's hard. It's, it's been a challenge for sure. Okay, Heather, if you could give yourself a piece of advice or first-year teachers, uh, what would it be? I guess... First year teacher, if I would go back, I would challenge anyone in early years of their career, actually any time, would just be to be a leader, challenge yourself to, to be in that leadership role. And when I say leader, I'm not necessarily meaning like administration type role. I think it doesn't matter whether you're a teacher, whether you are uh, work in the kitchen and or custodial or coach, whatever you may be in education, everybody has the opportunity to be a leader and support people in that way. And so I would just say, surround yourself with leaders and, and create yourself as a leader for others that you're around. I think that's part of, I think it's key. I, I have surrounded myself by a lot of people that are great leaders and they have supported me and framed me where I'm at today and I couldn't be more grateful. So that's my suggestion. So going off of that, you do have a lot of leadership roles right now. Uh, you're Nita president this year and past president coming up. So what's next? Lots of changes. Um, we'd love to hear. I guess 
I always think, what am I going to do when I'm not part of the NIDA board? But I don't even like to frame it that way. Um, I feel like I have been given so many opportunities and so much knowledge and gained so much from the people of NIDA that I feel like I will continue to give back. Um, same thing with my school district. I feel like I, I'm surrounded by amazing people here too. And I think when I think about what's next, when you talk about creation of content, I think the other goal I have for myself is to continue celebrating others, whether it's students or people that I work with, everybody deserves to be celebrated and everybody starts somewhere. So yes, you talk about sharing content at six o'clock at night. I just get those vibes where I'm like, oh, I got to celebrate this or this student or that. And I think it's important because everybody deserves to be celebrated. So I think when I think about, I think that relates professionally and personally is just to continue celebrating the success of others and knowing that it's all about the journey and the grind and everything looks different or that all looks different for everyone. So we just need to be supportive and celebrate that. That is tweet worthy right there. That's great, <laughs> Heather. <laughs> well, I believe that wraps up most of our questions. Alyssa, do you have anything else to share? No, I just, I definitely like, like we always say, I would like to retweet what Heather just said. Um, <laughs> she was a great teacher. And I remember sitting in some of my college classes um, and they talk about digital citizenship and like, don't believe everything you read online and all this stuff. And at one point I literally stood up in a lecture hall of like a hundred people and was, I was like, why don't you guys know this? And I think I was just one of the few who was lucky to have a tech teacher at such a young age who was willing to think ahead of what everybody else was doing and start teaching us those things young. So it's mm -hmm. so cool to have that knowledge. And I think that I probably wouldn't be where I am if Heather hadn't been such a great tech teacher. And so I'm just so thankful that she was on the podcast. Um, and I think, yeah, I think she's just had a huge impact on my life. So this was a really cool episode for me. Oh, you're going to make me cry, Alyssa. Thank you. <laughs> I think I remember getting a, I think I remember getting a text from you a year or two into college or something or a message from you just saying, Oh my goodness, all you thank you for everything you've taught me. It's helped me in college. So Seriously. those are the moments right there that you those those are the proud teacher moments. There's no <laughs> there's no bigger teacher proud than the success of a student, especially when they ask you to be on their podcast. I mean <laughs> epic right there. So thank you. It's yes. been awesome. Yes. Well, thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate it.